Welcome to the True Falls Film Festival. that I was trying to follow hearing people speak about the concept of receiving love and receiving the freedom and the love that we deserve while we're here right now. I was trying to find people speaking about speaking about that. Hi, welcome to the True False podcast presented by KBIA. I'm Sebastian Martinez Valdivia. This week, we're continuing our dispatches from True False 2020, conversations and interviews that never made the light of day. In this episode, former True False programmer Janelle Augustin sat down with photographer and filmmaker Ricky Wright to talk about her short film, A Song About Love. Wright's work is often deeply personal and offers commentary about how she interacts with and understands the world around her. A Song About Love showed ahead of the Giverny document and is a dreamy mix of vibrant, colorful images and archival material. As she told Janelle, her work started as a way to engage with her own family and document her life. My aunt actually was a photographer. That was the first person that I saw doing this creative thing in my family as a way to live and make money. She had a studio in Illinois, and that's where, after my mother passed away, I moved from Alabama to Illinois, and that's where I was raised in like my formative younger years. My mom passed away when I was two, which uh-huh. I, which is a way that sparked um, me wanting to create this visual narrative of my life. I believe it was around when I was maybe 11 or 12, and I realized going to my friends' houses and Um, their mothers would always pull out their scrapbooks and like photo Mm -hmm. books. And I recognized that I didn't have a similar, um, any artifacts of my life and anything recorded of who I was, my growth and my, just where I've been and images of myself. And it Mm -hmm. created, it just sparked in me a need to create visual imagery and just like tangible evidence of existence and I think the your mother is a person who usually or the matriarch is usually the person who keeps these documents and uh, imagery and you know tries to keep everything together and the loss of a mother can create this void within having that and I that is what pushed me to want to create a visual story and a visual narrative of my life and my family life. I started just taking photos of like family dinners, Christmas and family vacations. My un- I after my mother passed away, I was raised by my aunt and uncle, my dad's brother and his wife and he um we would he was a pastor, so we took a lot of church trips. <laughs> and so I would record <laughs> and capture like a lot of things in the church and and um, just road trips and things like that. And it started, turned into this, like I become, became like the family documentarian. And then how did you start working in film and the moving image? I believe I have always had a desire 
to storytell. I went to school for broadcast journalism. And so I worked in a few newsrooms and behind the camera, always where I felt, I thought I wanted to be a a meteorologist. (laughs) And (laughs) I just saw myself in front of the camera, like telling everybody all the things. And then I realized how political a newsroom specifically can be. But Mm -hmm. I did enjoy being behind the camera and creating the shots and I felt like my photography was really begging sometimes to have more said within the image. Not that the image wasn't a strong image already. I just feel like most of my images, when I personally look at personally look at them, I desire to know more about some of the people and I desire to know more about the environment and right. what's actually happening or where is this person going. And in myself, I desire to tell these stories as well. I've always enjoyed enjoyed connecting with and I think I just just growing up in I got fascinated with asking my family questions my father passed away um on my birthday Hmm. in 2017 May 16th 2017 and that is when I always kept uh I recorded a lot of things like when I went home because I realized that my family is a kind of secretive. Um, I think it's a common thing in the Black family. It's just like not really telling the full story or just keeping things Mm -hmm. from the kids because it's like grown folks business or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I felt like when I lost my father and I lost my mother, I now have nobody to fill in certain or answer questions that I had. So I became obsessed with interviewing my grandparents and um, sitting with them. And I wanted to put the visual to the small interviews that I was recording on my phone and um, with my recorder. And I think it just felt right as like my journalistic side from being in school for journalism and uh, wanting to interview and ask questions and really break down a person who I've known my whole life, but I'm like, whoa, I really actually don't know you. I had no idea this happened to you. I had no idea that this is what you were dealing with in the midst of, you know, raising a whole family. So I became obsessed with, I'm like, I want to tell, you know, stories and I want to become a documentary. So um, that is where the moving image came in. You can talk a little bit about um, sort of how uh, sisterhood figures into your work, not just with this piece, but also your previous short film um, or just sort of what that community is. You're just touching on this, but if you have a creative community that you really feel at home in or if you have sort of like trusted, you know, confidants or friends that you um, collaborate with, even just from a conceptual level. It's not uncommon for me to start talking about something and hear from another person that I'm also dealing with that same thing or or like I want to tell I want to like talk more about this uh, as opposed to I I do have two sisters who are Mm -hmm. my blood sisters who we're not currently in the same space and dealing with the same. It's a different relationship. I have found a found family and community within sisterhood here in Los Angeles and and beyond. Mm -hmm. And then I have my actual blood sisters who are my best friends and I talk to them on a daily basis but mm-hmm. we're navigating like day-to-day family things like oh this is what's happening with our parents like when's the last time you went home and we're not fully breaking down or having the conversations that we're all in different places and I'm I I want to um I am happy that I'm doing the work with I have found family and a found community and a, and, and sisterhood I'm surrounded by sisterhood mm-hmm. and my work within itself 
myself, um, I feel like creates a communal exchange between like my subject and myself. So I really do feel strong in community. And um, but sometimes there feels there's sometimes a disconnect when I want to be closer with my actual blood sisters. And there's sometimes a wall because of beliefs like my my sister, who's 11 months older than I am, is very religious, very, um, very maybe the woman who my film is speaking about you know yeah and it can be difficult to share my work with her because it's like blasphemy <laughs> to her <laughs> yeah I have an older sister too actually that's um religious and we have similar kinds of like we talk about this and we don't talk about that exactly it's like we are dancing around this relationship and not trying to disrespect or hurt anyone's feelings but right. I don't know that's what it is right now I'm I talk to my therapist a lot about um I I, I feel like I've been trying to fix a relationship but I also have accepted that this is the relationship that I'm dealing with and I'm really happy about found family and found community because that's you know you can fill voids Mm -hmm. that way coming up Ricky Wright explains how her understanding of community shapes the way she tells stories I would love to serve as meditative pieces where you really sit with yourself and have to have the conversation with self or break down and have conversations with your inner, like the people who are part of your life. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the True False Podcast, presented by KVIA. I'm Sebastian Martinez Valdivia. On this episode, Ricky Wright discusses her most recent project, A Song About Love, where she uses experimental techniques to share her very personal and complicated experience with religion. Wright mixes abstract and impressionistic images with archival footage, and as she discussed with interviewer Janelle Augustin, music plays a key role in the film. How did you pick the way that you wanted the songs to appear in your film and you know what did they mean to you from like an editing standpoint? As a person, I grew up in the I grew up in the black church and mm-hmm. my father figure, which is my uncle, is the bishop and I so I my house church like never stopped for me out okay. when I church. The person who was in the pulpit is the person I'm getting in the car with and the person mm-hmm. I'm going home with and having dinner with and like it just was a continuation. And so there was like a through line of like um in my life this gospel sound soundtrack I my parents only allowed us to listen to gospel music anything secular or anything that may there were times where my parents I remember the preacher's wife soundtrack came out and Uh the preacher's wife film Whitney Houston is uh, like a first lady and in the church and so my Mm -hmm. parents ignorantly thought that the the soundtrack would be a gospel album and I remember (laughs) that he put it in on the car and (laughs) It's like not it's like one gospel song on the album and it was Mm -hmm. just like that was the life that I lived and I realized in most so my first CD that I ever purchased was Mm -hmm. the gospel duo Mary Mary they're like a girl group (laughs) that was just like the highlight of like while everyone's buying Destiny's Child like I'm like buying the Clark Sisters (laughs) I was gonna ask you about them yeah (laughs) that's my Destiny's Child although my sisters and I did sneak like watching BET and all these things and 
that's where I started to feel this very deep connection between the two in the music. I I would feel when I listened to certain songs on Mary Mary's album or the Clark Sisters album, mm-hmm. with, like specifically the song that I decided to use within the film, A, a Song About Love, mm-hmm. is their song called Jesus is a Love Song. And mm-hmm. I, as a child, would listen to that song and my body would go into a different space. I just could, and I would, especially that the video that is playing within my film, mm-hmm. I've watched that film or that clip many years for many years now and the passion and the there was just such a sensuality within the message to me it's so personal and to kind of give Jesus or God this um, really humanizing him in a way as someone that you're falling in love with and someone that there are many clips within the film where they're Dorinda Clark who's she's like preaching and Mm -hmm. she just the way that the black church and uh people can like create similarities to the the secular world and and Mm -hmm. God it it was it was always interesting to me I am curious when people ask you about your film how would you describe your film to someone because I've tried and I often find that I just want to show it to them because it's so immersive and you're using so many different techniques dance archival you know music and then also kind of the space that you record in as well um that you move through all these different rooms but how do how do you talk about your work I'm very curious it's really interesting this piece specifically I just finished it at the end of this past year um and I mostly introduced the film with no context as to like what's actually happening in the film because it (laughs) it is hard to explain and start talking about it and then I just start breaking down each shot and I'm like this is not how you should experience the film Mm -hmm. you should just watch it and (laughs) but mostly I lead with it's about my complex relationship with religion and sexuality and Mm -hmm. I feel like boom when I say that most of the times people are like oh my goodness like wait I'm having these same conversations too like oh wow wait I've dealt with the same thing it's mostly black women or black people that I've discussed my this film with currently so Mm -hmm. it has been and even in different conversations, I'm talking to like curators or people who may be interested in the film. Everyone just has an instant like, I would love to see this. Could you send me a link? Because it sounds interesting. Right. As far as in my first film, A Ritual of Sisterhood, I um, my work, I would love to serve as meditative pieces where you really sit with yourself and have to have the conversation with self or break down and have conversations with your inner, like, people who are a part of your life and mm-hmm. and and really have a discussion and that's what I would love for my work to serve as and I do think that this piece currently has done that I've had some of the most beautiful conversations after this specific piece um not many I haven't shown it to many people but I feel that women specifically who have dealt with this repression in some way are the most uh responsive and to this piece yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's so fascinating in this film, like, you know, you're exploring sexuality, you're exploring faith, you know, you have these gorgeous dance sequences um, that really sort of, um, for me, kind of tread this line of, um, uh, I would say, sort of like how I would maybe dance in my own room, which is like for yourself. But also there's the central aspect that, you know, I'm curious sort of like who in, you know, in creating the film, like who did you sort of imagine or anticipate would be the audience? Like, you know, and also, is that you dancing? 
dancing because I think I think it is, but that I'm not is sure. My body. That's and so I amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you clearly do. That's, that's <laughs> an like outer body experience that I was having filming myself. I bet. <laughs> but, it's but amazing. I, it's gorgeous. I, I, yeah. Seriously. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I do. I think that when I was having moving my body in this way, I started to think about the women in the church and women in my family who lose themselves in the spirit mm-hmm. and are, are completely taken away from their body. And like, uh, I fell into that and I almost felt like I caught the spirit. <laughs> I'm like, this is so similar. Totally. <laughs> the similarities are so intense to me. And um, I think that I never, I, I, I don't think I intended my audience for this film to be anyone in the church. I'm actually, I don't really even share a lot of my work with my family um, because I am working on a relationship with my family. And I think that sometimes my subject matter uh, or the things that I'm getting, I'm healing myself right. with through my work mm-hmm. could cause more tension within the, the work that, I, the personal work that I'm doing with building relationships within my family. Mm-hmm. I My work is so, it's such a, it's, it's a really interesting relationship because my work deals with my family a lot, but I'm having, I'm still in a difficult space with my family. So it's like I'm doing separate work out with with myself, with my with my art and my work and film and photography and um, and still taking these baby steps to I haven't I don't I, I never want to write my family off. I really do appreciate them for who they are and how they've helped shape me. I'm just trying to create. I think my work could start conversations right. that family isn't necessarily ready to have right now. I feel like watching your short film, you know, there's this tension as well about kind of um, religious faith or this love for God, as well as, you know, the love that we might uh, feel for other people or is bereft um, and kind Mm -hmm. of like broken relationships. And I wanted to just kind of get deeper into those themes. Um, You know, there's also this tension between the present moment and then a future promise, um, more sort of on the faith side, but just thinking about, you know, there's there's this other element in your film, which is the suffering or, you know, um, like difficult, difficult relationships. And I'm wondering, you know, um, what that what that looks like to you or what that means to you in this film and what were you trying to express? I feel like I there is such a juxtaposition with um, my sexuality and what like if, if I can break down like maybe a part of the clip uh, mm-hmm. I in the film, I have um, my body moving on top of these women singing gospels like music and that to me within itself was really hard to even edit in that moment because it it, I started to feel these feelings of guilt and shame Mm. in the midst of in the process of me creating this project and it just like kind of repressed feelings of like I mean this is I this is all I knew growing up like I'm I'm recently like expelling myself from this you know that part of my life um in the past maybe six seven years so it's definitely natural that I started to have these feelings resurface um, because they have been instilled in me for so many years. I think it translates within my actual real life. I mm-hmm. I definitely went, I mean, my parents, I grew up in a very abusive household. I My parents, the way that they chastised us was through physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And there was this routine that would happen where we, if something would we did something wrong, we would get, 
whooped, spanking. Mm -hmm. And then immediately after, my parents would give us allowance or some sort of speech where they would tell us that the reason that they do this is because they love us and that they want us to be obedient and to grow up. Like, I want you to be the best. I want you to, you know, understand. Like, I have, it was very, it was kind of dark currently right now. And I felt that instilled in me that that's what, if you really, really, really care about me, you have to hurt me in some little way. Like, or you have to, I, it was difficult for me in my adult life to accept love and care with no conditions, you know? Like I went through a, a, I've been through a series of partners in in my lifetime that there was, you can see the traits like falling (laughs) off one by one by one. And I'm currently in a seemingly healthy relationship right now. (laughs) I love that. But I realized that each uh, with each relationship, I'm dropping some sort of abuse that I thought was necessary to be mm-hmm. in the relationship. I've never been in a physical abuse, a physical abusive relationship with a partner, but like mentally abusive and uh, like codependent relationships where I, it, and I thought that these were things that I had to do to like be loved or to be cared yeah. for. And um, yeah, I agree that I think that a lot of women and myself. So there was a point when I got out of my a, la- a, a relationship that was not great, and I told myself I was like, I'm just gonna dedicate my life to God. I want. I started. I wanted to go back to church, and I felt like that was the relationship that I wanted. And I feel like I have. There are many women in my family who the church is a very abusive place. My sister mm-hmm. deals with being shamed on a weekly basis within her own church for the things that she wears. Her there's people in the church that like go on her Facebook page and like report back to the past. It's a very Ugh. abusive like relationship to be in this church, but she feels like that is her calling and she's willing to go through this for, you know, the final reward at the end, you know, mm-hmm. and I, there's a lot of body shaming. There's a lot of, you know, there's yeah. so much with, for, with women in the church and my sister is, it's very um, self-conscious and uh, closes herself off a lot because she feels like she's not allowed to do a lot of things for herself or have fun in a way that seems okay but the church says it's not okay and she's willing to do that to you know be dedicated to God and and to have that final reward of everlasting eternal life you know you talked a bit already about your mother passing away when you were very young but I'm just wondering you know how do you think about motherhood now and what does that look like in your mind and in the film I really I, I feel it's such a strong maternal connection to my work. I I personally, as a woman, I'm still very undecided and unsure. As a kid, I feel like for sure I've always wanted to be a mother, but the world we live in and times are very interesting right yeah. now, and I think it has created some anxiety around motherhood for me. But I have such a motherly instinct within myself, and by way of, I don't, I feel like, my mom has nurtured me from beyond. I do feel a strong spiritual connection with my mother. And there have been times that I, I can't even explain, but I have felt that my mom has been with me and in some way or shape or form. Um, and yeah, the ideas, I just, that's why my work within itself has, I explain the warmth and the the coloring and the way that I choose to edit my 
work, especially photography. And I've tried to translate that over into my film work as a soft, warm, um, something that emulates what maternal love feels like, which is you can should be able to go to your mother for anything or like that your mother understands. And um, I've never had that um, connection with my actual mother. So I've tried to create it with my work. I wonder also, you know, I mean, the love that you're describing is in many ways, like very idealized in the way that a lot of people think about God, you know? So is that sort of how you link the two together? Or is that for sure. completely, you know, just, <laughs> just grasping? For sure. I... <laughs> Most of my life, uh, before I become became a non-believer, I'm just not religious. I accredited any. I just God was my. I'm like God is my mom. He's my father. He's mm-hmm. my everything. He's everything. Like and and I also um, feel like the the um, the piece that I extracted from "Ain't I a Woman?" Sojourner True speech. Mm-hmm. I um I feel like that is what she was trying like trying to say like God is the only person that hears me like Aaron mm-hmm. and not, like even beyond like my mother Ricky Wright is the director of A Song About Love. While this is her first film at True False, Wright's films have shown at a variety of festivals. You can find more of her work on her website, foreverrick, that's R-I-K-K dot com, and you can find her on Twitter, at foreverrick. That's it for this week's episode of the True False Podcast. You can find more episodes of the show on our website at kbia.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced and edited by Abigail Ruman. Our music is by Tim Pilcher, using sounds of the True False Film Fest. I'm Sebastian Martinez-Valdivia. Thanks for listening.